listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from the triune God. In case we haven't made it abundantly clear at this point, but um, Advent is a season of waiting. Um, In Advent, we wait for the birth of Christ. We wait for all the ways that Christ is still being born into our world now. And like in today's gospel, we wait for what the church calls the second coming of Christ. Uh, Growing up Southern Baptist, I was obsessed with the second coming of Christ. Um, Warning, um, for those of you who are like tracking it, here's another story of me as a kid. Um, As a kid, I was convinced that Jesus was like returning like yesterday. And in fact, I was so like worked up with anxiety that one night I was in bed and an airplane flew so low that it caused a sonic boom. The boom was so strong that it cracked my window and startled me from my sleep. And so away to the window, I flew like a flash, (laughs) tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes did I hope would appear, but Jesus on a white horse to vanquish my fear. Well, obviously that didn't happen. Um, As I looked out the window, all I could see was the darkness of night, and so I went back to my bed, disappointed that I had to wait. And waiting was not something that the religion of my childhood really, really valued. I was surrounded by a culture of anxiety that saw signs in everything that we were without a doubt living in the end times. In the place of waiting, we got anxiety. But the vision of waiting that Jesus gives us in the Gospels is a vision that is totally different from this anxiety-ridden, fear-based, and quick-fix kind of waiting that I experienced in my youth and some of us experienced more recently. It's also totally different from the way that waiting is talked about in our general culture, where the image of the waiting room symbolizes one of the most boring, avoid-them-at-any-cost kinds of places. Waiting in the Gospels is something altogether different from these other kinds of waiting. And I think it's different in at least these three ways. One, um, the waiting of the Gospels and of all Scripture is meant to dispel anxiety, not create it. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus sets before us these non-anxious images of waiting. See the birds of the air, nor the flowers of the field worry for what they will eat or what they will wear. Take my burden upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in today's gospel, Jesus commends to us the image of the fig tree. This image is like what we will experience in a few months when the snow passes here in Denver and the aspens begin to sprout leaves. We will know that this is the most natural thing. Spring is coming. And Jesus also, I think, is aware that given all the ways that we can read judgment and doom into the wars and famines and the, today the extrajudicial killings and the destruction of our environment, in today's reading, Jesus tells us that all these awful events aren't signs of coming judgment. They are the sign, that, they are the sign of the end of this world. 
and the failure of its values. Therefore, as we wait for the coming of God's reign of peace, Jesus doesn't commend us to be so anxious that we run to the window at every passing airplane or that we need Xanax or booze to shield us from what will become our life, become of our life. Because what is coming is the kingdom of God and the peace of Christ for all people. Two, the second way that waiting is different in the gospel is that waiting isn't wasted. In our goal-oriented culture of efficiency and organization, waiting can seem like life wasted. We see signs everywhere of advertising that there's like no wait time at this emergency room or express lanes at this store. Like half the apps on my phone exist in order to minimize me waiting for something. But in scripture, waiting is where everything happens. Moses meets God face to face and receives the Ten Commandments as he waits on Mount Sinai. The angel Gabriel announces that Mary will conceive the Christ child while she is waiting to marry Joseph. And Jesus appears and breathes the Holy Spirit upon the disciples when they are waiting in a locked room. Grace in its most explosive forms always breaks into the world while someone is waiting. But I'm impatient. I still tend to feel like I'm wasting time when I'm waiting. Case in point, um, so in just a few days, I will finally be ordained a priest in the Episcopal Church. And if this process has involved anything, it's involved a lot of waiting. In fact, the first step in the actual process towards the priesthood was officially to wait. You see, we Episcopalians, and I think Lutherans are similar, but we kind of have you beat. Um, (laughs) We like to make things difficult, and there is this rule that you have to be in the same parish for three consecutive years before you can even start to do anything official. And, like, there wasn't any steps that I could take so that at three years the process would fly by. No, my process started with just waiting. For a long time, it felt like wasting three years of my life. However, as it turns out, I believe it was in those three years that I really became the priest that I will officially become this Saturday. In those three years of waiting, I got to really ask myself over and over, is this really where I feel God is calling me to, or is it just my ego? There are so many bad reasons why people think they are called to be a priest or a pastor, just like there is a litany of bad reasons for becoming a doctor, a lawyer, a social worker, or even a stay-at-home mom. My parents will be proud of me. The world will give me respect. I'll finally feel my life has purpose. I'll be able to escape the evils of corporate America and therefore be a truly good person. And when we are aggressively pursuing a goal, it is way too easy to shut out that voice that is screaming at us that we are becoming a doctor to please our parents or becoming a priest to gain the respect of the community. Yet when we are just waiting, just waiting, God can get through and show us that we don't have to be forever led by our anxieties and worries. And so for me, in those three years of waiting, I got to just be me and really sift through all my feelings and anxieties without having to make something happen the whole time, 
By waiting, I got to experience the voice of God emerge from my lived reality, rather than trying to make myself believe I was hearing the voice of God in order to arrive at a certain conclusion by a certain time. I couldn't do anything but wait. And most importantly, in those three years, I got to lean on my community to get me through. Which brings me to the third way that waiting is different in the Gospels. In our culture, waiting is often perceived as something that we do alone. Waiting is a a solitary activity. Think again of the waiting room at the doctor. It's all set up with magazines and Muzak, and now we have our smartphones and our tablets, all set up to help us zone out into our individual selves until whatever it is we're waiting on happens. However, in the Gospels, waiting is always something we do together. Almost all the scenes of holy waiting in Scripture are of groups. The followers of Jesus at the foot of the cross waiting. The disciples in that locked room waiting. Even Mary, as she waits, her waiting brings her into contact with her cousin Elizabeth. So I also learned this truth about waiting during my process towards the priesthood. There were so many times during my process towards becoming a priest where I wanted to drop out because I just couldn't stand the waiting. All told, from start to finish, the process has taken almost eight years. And the only way that I made it through these eight years was through the help of others. Several times I'd cry out to my friends and mentors that I was done. I was done waiting, and each time they said, try holding on one more month or one more year. They helped me break down the waiting so that I could focus on living. And I could have never done this on my own. Waiting, the kind of waiting we hear about in Scripture, can only happen when we gather together, like we gather here tonight and every Sunday. In fact, during the contemplative retreat, we read the passage where Jesus compares waiting to labor and the birth pangs as the signs that life is on the horizon. In response to this image, our housemate, Duffy DeMarco, interpreted this image in a remarkable way. She said, in the world of childbearing, the birth pangs and the mother's cries are signals to her community that she can no longer wait alone. She needs the help of other women to complete her waiting and for the child to come healthy. And so I commend Duffy's image to you. When you are waiting and you feel like you can't wait any longer, may this be a sign to you that you no longer have to wait alone. The kingdom of God is upon us. The table is set. Come, let us wait for the Lord together. Amen.